Somewhere around September 2019, a liquidity crisis started quietly looming over the American economy. The United States Federal Reserve began patching holes into the economy like it was water pouring into a sinking ship. That was done in an effort to contain what was becoming an increasingly bad liquidity crisis that neither the Fed nor the government had any control over. The move was done with little choice after money markets started to spin out of control due to excessive spending by the U.S. government. This money printing effort was necessary. It was partially prompted by the country's worst budget deal in the history of America, probably in the history of modern politics. A budget deal packed with an enormous deficit that, of course, was required in order to have bipartisan support. If the Fed didn't step in when it did, the entire economy could have collapsed. And gosh darn it, the current global situation struck right in the nick of time for the money printing party to get started. That should leave you feeling shook. This is the beginning of a series looking into the Great Reset. Some of it might seem a bit far-fetched, but I put on my sports coat to go undercover to investigate. Is Bank Boy. Let's get it. BitSwap is the hottest new way to trade tokens. Crawling all the top decentralized exchanges, BitSwap gets you the very best price and value for your trades. BitSwap is changing the game. Try it now at bitswapdex.io. Welcome to Bank Boy Crypto. My name is Ben. Usually every day I show you how to make money in cryptocurrency. If you like money, then make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you want even more crypto info, you can follow us on Instagram at bitboy underscore crypto. But today we're talking banks. In this video, we will talk about the liquidity crisis that happened in 2019 and why the Federal Reserve needed to print a tidal wave of cash in order to ameliorate the situation. Fractions, they are not fun. Whether that is in the third grade in your math class, or if you're privileged enough to be one of the two billion people included in first world retail banking, fractions will wreck your life and your wallet. At least if you don't learn from the mistakes and stories from others. Now, what do fractions have to do with banking though? Let's talk about something called the fractional reserve banking system. Let's pretend the year is 2018 and none of us are wearing masks. It's not a global pandemic. The sun is out and you just got a paycheck. You take the paycheck to a local branch of your retail bank. You deposit your money into the account with me, the teller. Then boom, magic happens. The money appears in your account. However, I think you and I both know that the money you deposit doesn't just get stored somewhere as cash in Mr. Joe Smo's bank account. Only a fraction of the bank's money that it receives through deposits has been historically required to be backed by cash at the bank itself. Otherwise, the money is lent out and it frees up some capital. Just when you thought you had to worry about custody issues with crypto, the banks have been running the biggest racket on the block for years, and it keeps getting worse. Before the year 2020, banks were required by law to only hold a minimum of 10%, so they can pay up in case of an emergency. This 10% is the fractional reserve, and where the name fractional reserve banking takes its name from. Well, if that number seems scary stinking low, in March 2020, the fractional reserve percentage required to be held by banks went from 10% all the way down to zero. That's an infinite drop all the way down. The M1 supply has been spiraling upward out of control. This global pandemic just happened to hit at the precise moment 
that all central banks needed an excuse to print more money than the world has ever seen. Over 20% of the USD circulating supply has been printed in the last year alone. Mind-blowing. Let's just briefly revisit the idea that the bank doesn't actually have any of your money. Most people who are unaware of how the fractional reserve banking system works live under the illusion that the bank has all their money. And at least up until March of 2020, people who understood the system knew the bank held at least 10% of their money. Due to the fact that those reserves were getting dangerously low and were likely dipping below 10% in many cases, something had to give, or the banks would have literally run out of money. Now in the middle of this pandemic, they don't have to keep any of the money on hand. It's heartbreaking, guys. We pay these Wall Street banks hundreds or thousands of dollars per year in fees. Yes, not making that up. The average American spends $329 in banking fees. Somehow, banks still need to use all of our money to operate without being required to hold any of it. Many people miss that. We believe the Ponzi was just moments away from collapse unless we had some global emergency that would have provided governments unprecedented power. Of course, the Ponzi continues, as does the unchecked power behind the Ponzi. That's probably what drove Andreas Antonopoulos into arguing in this video that money is a system of control. In 1970, Richard Nixon signed the Bank Secrecy Act and turned money into a system of control. This was back in 2017 to a room full of lawyers. Andreas talked about how the current monetary setup is a system of control. You don't own money that is in the bank. Instead, the monetary system only seeks to control our money with the ultimate goal of controlling us. As a result of this system, 6 billion people are excluded. While we are putting in our money for the banks just to take it out, we should consider ourselves lucky when 6 billion people still don't have access to something many of you might take for granted. However, we should at the same time be enraged because this system is perpetuated in part by greed. Then again, we are taking a stand outside of this system because we believe in Bitcoin. We see the truth. As Andreas argues, BTC is beyond the system of control. It is a network. We don't have to buy into the whole concept of interest rates, mortgages, etc. We have a virtual escape, a Brexit, as Andreas calls it. That escape is Bitcoin. And in this series, we're going to continue to look at what happens now. Can the banks just continue printing all of this money without consequence? Or are we facing a real crisis here? I think we all know the answer to that. But watch this series and you'll definitely know what's coming. But let me know what you guys think. Can the government just continue to print money at alarming rates until it digs a shallow grave? What needs to be done in order to help the liquidity crisis not happen again? Will Bitcoin save us from an eternal demise and fiat damnation? Let us know down below in the comments. That's all I got. Be blessed. Bankboy out.